Welcome, dear listener, to another episode of True Hauntings and Scary Stories, the podcast where we alternate between spooky conversation and scary short stories. (laughs) Now, here's your host, Miss Cynthia C. Welcome, spooky friends. Today's episode, um, before I get started, I want to give a shout out to some of my favorite people. So I have four patrons on my Patreon account right now, and they are amazing people who support the show, and I appreciate them very much. So I just want to give them a quick little shout out. Um, In tier two, I have Matt, who is actually a friend of mine. And he is really cool, and he supports the show, and he's actually been on my show before. Um, I believe it was the episode called Ghost Like Soup 2. And he's an awesome person and supports the show, and I very much appreciate him. Um, In Tier 3, I have three people, because those people want to be sure that they get the mystery boxes every month that I produce. So one of them is Rhonda. And she is my newest patron, actually. I think she joined a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. I don't know, something like that. So she's there. Thank you, Rhonda. I appreciate your support super, super a lot. Um, Catherine. Catherine has been a patron for much longer than that. Several months, I think. Maybe even half a year. I don't know, something like that. A while. So, and I chit-chat with all my patrons, actually. All four of these people, I have messaged back and forth with and you know that kind of thing so thank you Catherine I appreciate you very much you know what Catherine answered a trivia question about my podcast once a few months ago and she got a prize for it in the mail and that was super fun I should do that again soon that's really fun sometimes I pick out a trivia question out of a a podcast episode and then I ask it in my Facebook group And then whoever answers it correctly first gets a little prize. You know, it's usually one of my zines or I think I sent her all of my zines I've ever made. And which are little pamphlets that like have a poem in them or a short story or whatever. So I should do that again. And my last patron is Tina S. Now, this is not my sister, Tina. This is a different Tina that I don't know, but... She has been following my writing since my blog began. So she's been a supporter of mine since probably mid-2020. And um, she's followed everything. She's always right there at the forefront whenever I start a new project or something. She is always right there supporting me. And I appreciate you, Tina, so much. Um, So much. You have no idea always sending me words of encouragement and it's greatly appreciated and sometimes it's very much needed (laughs) so thank you to the four of you i appreciate you very much uh if anybody else wants to support the show or my writing or whatever i might be doing i would encourage you to check out my patreon account it's not just a matter of you know sending money it's really just supporting something that you enjoy And you get goodies from it, too, which I'm very much happy to send you. So um, check that out. Let's see. It's February at 
the time of this recording. So March's, February's box was the witchcraft box, and that's already been made and put out for sale. I don't know if there's any left at this point, but if so, it's on my Etsy store if you just want the box without being a patron. True Haunting Shop on Etsy. But anyway, March's box is haunted house themed. And I am having a lot of fun making this box because I can tell you, I'm not telling anybody else this, but just here on the podcast, I'm going to share with you that one of the items in that mystery box is very specifically tied to my grandparents' haunted house in St. Augustine, Florida. It is a genuine thing that's tied to their house. Anyway, enough of that. Thank you to my patrons. I could not do this without you guys and without your support. I appreciate it dearly. So today, uh, we're going to talk about the Hat Man. So the Hat Man is a shadow figure that people see mostly, mostly at night while they're sleeping. They will wake up to the Hat Man in their room, which is terrifying in and of itself. But there's a lot of theories out there about the Hat Man. The biggest one is that... It's some type of sleep paralysis that it's medically explained. So I'm going to talk about the hat man, what a lot of people report about him or her. We'll get into that. And I'm going to talk about what I believe is going on here with the whole hat man thing. So first of all, the hat man is a shadow figure that has a male build to it so like broad shoulders very tall i don't think i've seen a report that said it was any less than six feet so i think it ranges from six feet all the way to there's some people that report 10 feet or whatever i guess it just depends on the height of your bedroom ceiling i don't know very tall male figure broad shoulders um he's usually wearing a trench coat or a cape some kind of flowy thing. And he is usually a full form. You can see feet, legs, trench coat, arms, the broad shoulders, the head, the hat that he's wearing. Obviously, he is always wearing a hat. That's where he gets his nickname. But you can never usually see any distinct features like nose, mouth, Uh, details. You can't see details of the clothing or details of like his hands or whatever. Usually more like a black shadowy outline of a man. Now some people report that he has red eyes so that the only distinctive feature you can see of him are these red glowing eyes staring at you which makes it ten times worse and sometimes he's not alone. Sometimes he shows up with other shadow figures, but they're not wearing hats. He's the only one wearing a hat, and he might have two or five or however many other shadow figures standing behind him that are not wearing hats, but otherwise look the same as him. Other reports say that the hat man shows up along with a haggard, like a homeless type looking old woman who sometimes is also wearing some kind of hat, but a more feminine type of hat, I guess. And, like, she has uh, stringy hair, and, like, she looks 
like she's homeless. Often, most of the time, the hat man is reported while the person also experiences sleep paralysis type symptoms, meaning they wake up, they can move their eyes around, but they can't move their body. They feel um, paralyzed. So that often happens along with him. Some of the things that he's reported to do. So most of the reports I read, they wake up, they look around their room, they can't really move that much. And they see that there's a male figure standing in the doorway. And that prompts them to be terrified, of course. So he appears in the doorway. Most of the time he appears on the opposite side of the room that they're in. And he approaches them. Other times, he appears hovering above them, and they feel like they can't move. Um, Oftentimes, people report trouble breathing, like he's sitting on their chest. Or sometimes they'll say it looks like he is sitting on their chest, like he's on them, which is terrifying. I don't know. I've never had this experience, and I can't imagine. I wouldn't be able to sleep for weeks if I woke up to this shadow figure of a man in a hat sitting on top of me, I would freak the heck out. So sometimes he speaks to his victims. So he'll taunt them or threaten them. There's been kids that have reported him being in their room and getting right up in their face and telling them that he's going to get them. No, thank you. Absolutely not. (laughs) Hard pass. Hardest of passes. Other ones will be adults and he'll threaten to kill them or he'll threaten to hurt their loved ones or whatever. Um, He often, often is reported as strangling people. So they feel like either he's pushing on their chest to stop them from being able to breathe or he's actually physically strangling them. And there are some reports where people say it felt like he was strangling them so hard that he was going to collapse their voice box or you know, break their neck or something like just a really violent attack. There's people who report him literally attacking them. So scratching, biting, hitting. And, and here's the creepy part. They wake up from this with scratches and bruises on their body that wasn't there when they went to bed. There are also people that report sexual assaults during these sightings that he attacks them in that way. That is the ultimate terror, I think, being in bed, sleeping, when you feel vulnerable. Now here's where people start talking about maybe it's sleep paralysis because uh, the theory is that your brain controls your body while you're sleeping so that it stops your body from moving so that when you're dreaming, you don't hurt yourself in your sleep, which is logical. And your brain actually does do that. Well, the theory is that your brain wakes up, but it doesn't release your body to move, but you're still dreaming also. So like you wake up, you can open your eyes and look around, but you're still hallucinating those things that were in your dream and your body can't move yet. So that is the ultimate betrayal from the brain. I think you're going to wake me up just enough so that I'm still dreaming this terrible thing. And it's all it's always bad dreams. It's never like 
you're dreaming that you hit the lotto or something. So you're dreaming and your body's going to wake you up just enough so that you can experience it in real life, but not let you move. Ugh, terrible. Our brains, man. So here's the things that make me question the sleep paralysis explanation. I think that for some of these cases, that might actually be what it is. Um, cases that don't involve specifically this hat man. And, and here's why I think that. Because there's a difference between hallucinating whatever weird dream you were having versus people all over the world in all these different cultures dreaming the same or not dreaming having this same experience with this hat man where they wake up they can't move they feel pressure on their chest they see this man figure shadow figure with a hat on and it's always the same type of hat like an oldie kind of top hat sort of with a big brim why would people in these indigenous regions dream that people that don't that aren't exposed to this whole hat man phenomenon it's not like you and i we can google it or youtube it or whatever and learn about it or people might talk about it we might see it in a scary movie because there's certainly been lots of scary movies with that theme in them I think the Babadook is a good example of that. The Babadook creature is kind of a man in a trench coat that has a hat on and and he's creepy and he attacks them and all that. But these other people, they are not exposed to that stuff. They don't know that. So why are they having this experience with this hat man that all of us are having? It doesn't make any sense. So that there's that. Here's another good one that I found out. If it were a dream, then one would assume that when you regain the ability to move and you jump up out of your bed and run, that the hat man or whatever you're dreaming would go away because, you know, you're, you snap out of it. But people regain the ability to move and they jump out of their bed and they run from this thing and he's still there in the room. So he doesn't disappear when they finally are able to move again, not at least for a few moments in, in the reports that I read. So one would think that if it were all connected and if it were some kind of dream effect, that when the other symptoms subsided, that one would too. So I don't know. But here's the most interesting and intriguing one that I read. The absolute thing that makes me doubt that the hat man specifically has anything to do with sleep paralysis you know, the scientific explanation. There are reports where people... Okay, so I read one where this guy said that he kept his bedroom door closed every night always because he has a roommate that has a cat that he keeps out of his room at night. So he closes his door every night and has for years. He sleeps with his door closed. Well, when he had his Hatman experience, he woke up and he couldn't move but he could look around the room and across the room in the doorway was standing this hat man, but the door was open. The, the hat man was standing in the open doorway of his bedroom. Okay. So the hat man approaches him, torments him. He finally 
is able to move all of a sudden, and he jumps out of bed and runs from it to the corner of the room, and it's there still. And so he hovers in the corner and, you know, closes his eyes or whatever, and when he opens them, the hat man is gone. But his bedroom door is still open, and he never sleeps with it open. So if the hat man were a figment of his dreaming, why would the bedroom door still be open when it's all over and he's up walking around functioning again? There's other times where the hat man will throw something in their room or it'll yank the covers off of them or whatever. And when they come out of it, meaning when the hat man disappears and they're able to move and all that stuff, those things that he disturbed when he was there are still disturbed. I'm just saying. I don't think a hallucination can actually physically change things in your environment. So to me, that's pretty telling. Now I have seen a couple of shadow figures, but none of them were wearing hats. So I assume it wasn't the hat man. (laughs) Maybe it was one of his buddies. I don't know. But um, there are stories of the hat man appearing and he's got other shadow figures with him and they kind of stand back behind him. And the victim would often say that they could tell that the hat man was the one in charge. Like he was the leader and they were like with him. Um, There's somewhere this old lady also is with him. She is in with him tormenting the person. So she will also, like one person said that the hat man was holding her arms and then the old lady was sitting on top of her, um, strangling her. So they were kind of tag teaming her assault in that way. Um, So there's that. So I don't know what the deal is with the old lady being with him. Now, some people say that it's demons. My personal, I don't, I'm not religious. I don't believe in God or anything like that. So... Because of that, I don't really believe in angels or demons, per se. I really kind of believe in energies. So I don't know if I buy into the whole demon aspect of it. But, I mean, who's to say? I'll never know for sure until I'm dead and gone. Uh, Maybe it is some kind of negative energy that you could refer to as a demon. And it's just kind of traveling around the world, tormenting people in their sleep. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. I think it's very telling that so many people in so many different parts of the world and so many different cultures see the same thing. It strikes me as odd that somebody in, you know, very rural Japan would, would have this experience with this hat man that they've never been exposed to before. But I don't know. That's just me. I'm no expert. I just like to read about this stuff. So I have seen some shadow figures in my old house in Florida before we moved up here to Ohio. I had one really cool experience that I may have mentioned before. I can't remember. um, Where my youngest son was very little. He was an infant. And I had to get up in the middle of the night to nurse him. And he, you know, he started crying. So I woke up and I got up out of bed and I, it was like a split um, floor plan. So our master bedroom was on the back of the house and the kids' bedrooms were toward kind of the front of the house. So I got up and I 
went to leave my bedroom to go across to where his nursery was. And right as I was opening my bedroom door, um, I, I looked up as I was opening my bedroom door and there was the perfect figure of a man, like male form, all black shadow figure, but perfectly formed, couldn't see any details, no nose or eyes or mouth or anything like that, but a perfect figure of a man sitting on my couch in my recliner. And right as I was opening the door, it's as if he saw me or he knew I was there and he stood up, like stood up out of the chair straight. And as soon as he was in a full standing position, he just vanished. Now that shook me. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> then I had to walk across that room right beside that chair that he was just in. And I had to go into my baby's nursery and go nurse him for a while. And I was not super keen on that. But, you know, God do what you got to do. So I went in there and I nursed him and I felt very uneasy the whole time I was in there. Like somebody was in there with me watching me. And it never felt aggressive or like evil, I would say, but it just felt like somebody extra was in there and I wasn't comfortable with that. So that happened. Another time I was in my bedroom sleeping and my husband, it was like three o'clock in the morning and my husband couldn't sleep. So he actually went out to the living room and was sitting in the living room, like looking at a book or something. I don't remember. And so when I woke up in my bedroom, I opened my eyes and I was facing the door to our bedroom. And right beside the door that led to the house was a door that led out to the back porch. And right there in between the bedroom door and the porch door was this male figure. And it was shadowy, but I can't say it was completely black because I feel like I could see a checkered pattern on his shirt, like a shirt looked to me like a button-down shirt because I could kind of make out little buttons going down the front of it. And it looked like a flannel button-down shirt to me with, like, lighter colored pants, maybe. And he was just standing there. I couldn't make out a whole lot of features, but I could see more than I could on the other one. And I opened my eyes and I saw him, and I didn't know my husband wasn't in the bed. So when I saw this man standing there, I reached over to wake my husband up and my hand hit the bed because he wasn't there. So I looked down at his spot. When I looked back up, the figure turned toward the porch door and walked right through it. So that figure was standing there watching me. And when I opened my eyes and saw it, I went to get my husband. He wasn't there. I looked back up. And this figure just turned and walked right through the, the door that led out onto my back porch. So, of course, I immediately jumped up out of bed to go find my husband because, you know, where the heck are you? I'm getting haunted. <laughs> and I ran in there and I told him what happened in the living room and he thought I was a crazy person. So that time I saw a shadowy figure, although it wasn't black shadow that time. And then I've seen like little shadow legs run across a hallway before. Once when I was a kid, I saw a black hand. I mentioned this in last the last episode too. I saw a black shadow hand reach out and slam my bedroom door shut when I was young. I 
was probably seven-ish, maybe six or seven. And I went running, mom, mom, there's a ghost, there's a ghost. She told me there wasn't, (laughs) of course. But yeah, I've seen shadow figures, but I have never been awoken in the middle of the night by a hat man and tormented and attacked and tortured and all that stuff. So I'm thankful for that. I do not wish to have him in my house. Stay away from me. You are not welcome here. (laughs) Let it be known. If you guys have had experiences with the shadow man, the hat man specifically, please email me and let me know. My email is Cynthia at truehauntings.com. Or honestly, you can go to my website, truehauntings.com, and you can click on the blog post that says share your ghost story. And you can submit it through that too, if you don't want to email. But I would love to hear your experiences with this hat man, because it's very prominent. Like lots of people claim to see him and he's never usually nice when it happens. So if you've got those experiences, let me know if I get enough responses, maybe I'll do another episode where I read various followers, um, experiences, and then we'll talk about them. Thanks for hanging with me. I hope you liked talking about the hat man. I'll spook you later.